On this week's episode of Two Views Movies, we're reviewing the Chris Hemsworth-led Netflix movie, Extraction, sponsored by Miller Theatres. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we actually have a new movie to review for the first time in quite a while. Yeah, this was dropped on Netflix, what, about a week ago? Uh, Yeah-ish, I think, is when I started at least hearing about it. I'm not exactly sure when it came out, but it's relatively new, at least. Yeah, so... Thanks, Netflix, for, for doing something. Yeah. I mean, they, they usually throw out a lot of content, but that's sort of the problem is that there's just a lot of content, and then uh, a lot of it is not necessarily worth dedicating time to. But, you know, when you flash a big name like Chris Hemsworth up there, you're you're going to get some eyes on it. Yeah. Anytime you put Thor, I'm going to go see it. Yeah. And it had the Russo, so you, I mean, you didn't see 21 Bridges, did you? I did not see 21 Bridges. Well, okay. I felt like I did by the trailers, but... I did not see the actual movie. <laughs> yeah, it was easily the most viewed trailer for me of 2019. Like, to the point of, I I didn't even want to see the movie, but I got forced to because of my son. Um, but yeah, it <laughs> it's not worth watching. So 2018 was downsizing, 2019 was 21 Bridges? Yeah, that's accurate. For your most viewed viewed trailers yeah yeah and i do want to clarify it I, these weren't willing um like opt-in viewings of trailers these are <laughs> i'm going to see other movies and for some reason 21 bridges or downsizing is being played before every single movie so i i couldn't avoid it <laughs> not by choice not oh that was so cool when i watched again yeah exactly I'm so i'm so excited let's watch the avengers trailer again <laughs> no, it was more like throw your hands up when you're in the theater being like, come on, really? Like, this is a animated movie I'm watching with my kids and it's 21 Bridges beforehand? Like, that's what it felt like. <laughs> but I should clarify, the Russos didn't direct this. They were just involved. I think they kind of wrote and produced it. But, uh, you know, so not surprising that they would go back to, like, the Marvel world with uh, with Hemsworth to make a movie. And why not? Yeah, it's so hot I mean, right now. <laughs> that seems to be their thing. We're going to make some good Marvel movies, and then we're going to try and take these Marvel actors and turn them into... Uh, well, not turn them into... I shouldn't say that, because uh, Chadwick Boseman had done other movies, and, and so has Hemsworth. But it looks like they're trying to at least further their careers, I should say. Yeah, you got to capitalize. Strike while the iron's hot. I'm going to go I, see just about anything with any of them in it. Yeah, I'll give them all a shot. I mean, I think they're all good actors on their own. I, I think some are you know, have filmographies that are a little bit more to be desired than others. Like, I'm not sure Hemsworth has the strongest non-Marvel filmography, but, you know, he's still got room to grow. He's uh He's been typecasted a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to happen when you look like Hemsworth. <laughs> right. Right. But, uh, all right. So you want to get started on this? I think, uh, I think we need to shout out Miller Theaters again to get yeah. things going. Yeah. So they're still uh, they're still offering their promo. Yeah, so uh, they're still offering their uh, curbside pickup 
for movie night concessions. So you can go get things like candy, popcorn, drinks, combos like that. Uh, what I would recommend is go to their Facebook page, you know, like some of their stuff there. But while you're there, take a look and see what they're offering. Um, I think I even caught a glimpse of them possibly getting ready to do some outdoor movies uh, for people that want to come up and watch things outdoors, still social distance, but still get to, you know, quote unquote, the movies. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I definitely think that that's something that people are going to be leaning towards, especially this summer. I could see drive-ins taking off. So if Miller's going to have some outdoor movies and you can go grab some concessions and take the, take the fam up there and uh, have a good night away from the house and still enjoy some good movie watching. Yeah. We're still, uh, still very curious on how all this is going to play out in the future. Yeah. It, uh, especially in the world of new releases, uh, I know there were some some splashes made this week between AMC and I think Regal and Universal. So hopefully yeah. we're, we get to a situation where, I mean, personally, I would like to see new releases uh, move up a little bit in terms of access on demand. But I also want theaters to be able to continue to be a thing because I love going to the movies. So maybe there's a, a different compromise we can reach where movie theaters get some time and then we bump up the, the video release as well. And I'm and I'm the opposite. So they can release on digital way later for my taste. Because by the time they uh, come out on DVD, I'm I still see you know it's still fresh in my mind that uh, they end up sitting in my uh, my pile over there because I just watched it. You know, <laughs> yeah. my, of my unwatched movies since I bought uh-huh. them, but I want to buy them when they come out. And then uh, uh, when before it was like six months or so six months to almost a year before they came out on DVD, I felt like. And so it was like a, a new watch at that point. Now it's like three months after the release in the theaters. Sure. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, yeah, there's times where I definitely am tired and exhausted and I'm not sure I want to make a theater run uh, and would enjoy watching it from the comfort of my couch or bed. But at the same time, I love going to the theater. So I, I want, I want my cake and I want to eat it too. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad that uh, AMC, even though they're going bankrupt, put their foot down. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and Universal's, I think, the perfect target to do that. If Disney came out and said it, I think AMC would just sit there and be like, uh, okay. Yeah, well, it's funny because you, you didn't really hear much about Onward, which kind of did the same thing as Trolls. Um, you know, Universal went bragging about Trolls, and you didn't really hear anything from the from Disney about Onward. So, well, Onward was in theaters for a couple weeks before all this. Sure, and that's, that's, sure. What, that's what they've said. The difference is Trolls was the only movie that was released uh, that didn't postpone if it wasn't already in theaters. Gotcha. That was the the rub. Ah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I thought I remembered that, but I knew it got cut a little bit short. So, and I think Onward was free if you have Disney Plus. Yes, it was. Yeah, that is true. So, well, yeah. in the context of on-demand streaming movies, I guess that's a good segue into Extraction, which was oh, we're still a talking movie. about Extraction. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, okay, we're back to Extraction. Yeah. All right. Yes, Extraction on Netflix. So, a Netflix original. Uh, here we go. Tyler Rake, a fearless mercenary who offers his services on the black market, embarks on a dangerous mission when he is hired to rescue the kidnapped son of a Mumbai crime lord. Directed by Sam Hargrave, this was his first uh, directing gig. He is a stunt coordinator who worked a lot with the Russos on Marvel movies. I think he had like Atomic Blonde and some other things under his belt. But like we mentioned earlier, it was also written and produced at least in part by the Russos. As far as a cast goes, um, I'm only going to give you two names because I'm not sure you'd recognize any other name that I give you, which isn't fair in terms of the actors, but in terms of you 
understanding who's in this movie. It's Chris Hemsworth and a little bit of David Harbour. <laughs> that is about it that you're going to recognize, I think. Did you know he was in the movie? Um, I, you know, I think I saw his name pop up on the credit. I I don't remember if they if they did the thing in the beginning where they show some of the names in the movie, or if I just happened to randomly catch it. Somehow I knew he was in this movie. Yeah, I, I didn't know that until I saw him driving. Yeah, to to pick maybe, him up. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. I can't remember. I know at one point. Like when they, he was driving, he was like, oh, that's Hopper. And I don't remember if I just pulled that out of the blue or if I remembered seeing his name in the credits. I just, I honestly don't know. Yeah, so after viewing, what did you think of this? Well, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but with it being a Netflix original, my bar is like automatically lowered. Um, Which is fair. Because... Well, yeah, because I mean, it's just not given. I know that like Roma and other things have been put out through Netflix, and it, that's not to say a Netflix movie can't be good. The Irishman, blah blah blah. But generally speaking, um, with this type of movie, you know, when we've seen it with like Six Underground or Triple Frontier, or even you know other movies that they've done, it's just I think it's everybody's inclination to have a little bit of hesitancy when it comes to Netflix movies. So I had that. Now I had seen a little bit of stuff come through online where uh, I wasn't getting the impression that it was terrible. Uh, some people liked it. Some people thought it was average. And then there were just a few that were like, eh, you know, not so much. So generally speaking, I, I lowered my expectations, but I had a sense that it wasn't going to be something that I actively hated. Um, and in the end, I thought that it was a solid movie for what it was and what it tried to be. Yeah, I my expectations coming in, I heard a couple of people say that it was it was okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's what that's what I had is an okay movie. I'm gonna get Thor. Hopefully Thor does something cool in here and uh maybe get a, a key takeaway. That's mm-hmm. what my was going in, but but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think that I was happy with the fact so here's the thing. Um it's crazy thin on plot. It and not only is it thin, but it's retread. Like it's not anything that you haven't seen before. I don't know um, if it's thin as in like like you're just about to say, you know, it's it's not really original. Sure, but I also think that what I mean by thin is okay. I do this every podcast, so here it comes. We're bringing up John Wick. Um <laughs> from the get go. We can't get away from Keanu. <laughs> no. But from the get go, this was John Wick in the sense that it has almost an identical opening scene as John Wick where in the first one, uh, John's like his car rolls across a parking lot. He gets out, he's bleeding, and he's looking at his phone and looking at his memories of his wife. And that's exactly how uh, Extraction starts. It's Chris Hemsworth on a bridge, all bloodied, sitting down, looking like he's going to die. And he has memories of what appears to be, you know, like his kid or something like that. So straight out the gate, I got John Wick vibes, which is fine. I, I really like John Wick, so that gave me some hope. But one of the things that you and I talked about and continue to talk about all the time with John Wick is it's, it, while it is thin, it, it has a sense of world building to it. And in this movie, there is none of that. So really, it's exactly what you get on the surface, which is Hemsworth trying to extract a kid because uh, he's a mercenary and he's trying to get paid. And then he kind of befriends the kid. And that's all you're. I mean, that's really it. There's not even a lot of world building to it. Like, you don't get the, hey, my team of mercs has this backstory, or I have this incredible backstory that you want to know more about. It's really like a Call of Duty game meets John Wick is kind of how I felt. 
Was it refreshing at all that it wasn't Latin America? Uh, sure. Yeah. I feel like this was written exactly like a hundred movies we've seen done in South or Central America. Yes. I agree with that. Two drug cartels, you know, Mm -hmm. feuding and kidnapping and, and whatnot. And so when it was over, uh, in, you know what, India, India. Yeah. Is that where we were? Mm-hmm. Um, like that, that, that changed it a bit. So I appreciated the, the scenery change. For sure. I definitely thought that was good. Um, yeah, because you're right. I mean, how many times have we seen this in Colombia and Mexico? I mean, yes. If it's involving like some kind of cartel or kidnapping, it's almost always Central or South America. Yeah. And so, so I think that was good because that, that would have been an easy thing to fall into mm-hmm. when you get this script. Yep. But beyond that, I mean, did you think it was I mean, what do you think of the plot then? I got a very man on fire feel. Oh, for sure. It was to me this was all man on fire and I got no John Wick feel. But uh, the was, John it, Wick, sorry, the John Wick was more from the choreography, I think to me. Hmm. Cuz he's doing a lot of like the double taps and there's some creative camera work that they're trying to do. So, yes, beyond that first scene and then the choreography, there's really not much John Wick there. And I definitely agree with your main on fire take. So, sorry, continue. Yeah, no, it was uh so I I absolutely hate the opening scene because I don't need to know where he's dying. Yeah. You know, that's that's a very much a spoiler. Mhm. Uh, especially the way he was shot. You know, you felt like, okay, if he gets out of it, it's kind of cheesy. If he dies, I already know he dies. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't like that. And it didn't really add anything other than it gave you a little bit of action at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so, they, and I don't know if that was the motivation of to give you some some sort of action off the top, but I think that could have been done a lot different and it would have made the movie twice as good. Um. So, obviously, we're, we're getting into spoilers because that's what we do. Would you have felt differently about that opening uh, had he died? Yeah, well, didn't he die? No. He didn't die? You don't think that there were very, very strong allusions to the fact that he didn't die? Like That he even jumped to, off? Well, he jumped off the bridge into the river, but then when the kid is in the pool swimming, the very last shot of the movie is the kid coming up uh, from underneath the water and there's a blurry figure standing in camo gear, basically out behind the pool, which I was under the impression that that was purposely done to be, and I mean, I say blurry, it, it's clear that there's somebody there and I'm 98% sure that it's supposed to be Tyler Rake. Well, then I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I must have been been done with the movie by then. Like yeah, I didn't know I, why he was he was on the high dive and why we we're showing this, uh, but I just didn't even know. Okay, I must have missed that part. Yeah, I, I'll have to go Google it afterwards. But that was my takeaway: is that they they wanted to leave this open. So, uh, so I guess you answered my question in a different way than what okay. I expected you to, which is that <laughs> him dying did not change things for you. No, I assumed that he died. Okay, yeah, I kind of wish he had, because um, I think you could go to a world of this where prequel or sequel doesn't really matter because I don't think he's a merc, so it's just a different job. Uh, but I, I do think for me, it would have been a little bit refreshing to have him die um, because it's just not something you normally see. And I don't think it closes the door on any future, you know, Tyler Rake movies. Yeah. And I get, I mean, it's the same as, uh, as Creasy Bear, you know, uh-huh. 
he dies at the end. We don't know for sure, but it looks like he's dead. So you didn't have to have that last scene if you did want to bring him back. Yeah, agreed. But no, I, I, I was I was locked into Man on Fire this entire movie. And so when he died at the end, I'm like, of course he did. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's where my, my brain was. Okay. Um. So anything else about the plot that jumped out to you? Because I, I really thought that they just didn't care too much about it. Um, it it's pretty easy to follow. I, it, it's just, I don't think that's what the movie wanted to be. I think now that I know that the director is a stunt coordinator, I think, again, in, in kind of the vein of John Wick a little bit, like, it's going to be all about the action when you come into this movie. It's not going to be about, honestly, even the relationship between Tyler and the boy. Um, it's not going to be about the group of mercenaries. It's just going to be about Tyler getting out of this bad situation. I did like the way that they did uh, the people that hired him. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it was kind of a almost a throwaway line that you barely even saw, but all of his money's frozen. You know, he doesn't have any money. He's a big drug, you know, cartel guy in jail. But he has no access to money. You know, he may he may be rich, so how's he going to get his son back? And that's what his top guy is trying to figure out how to do. You know, if his family's all going to get murdered, mm-hmm. and so the only way is to fake out this mercenary group and kill them all and take the boy yourself. Yeah. Did you so. get um, lost at all in that kind of mishmash? No. Okay. Um, I will admit that I did. Like I. I th- it took me a second, and I think what fooled me was when you first see the special ops guy, he's on the boat, right? Then he starts taking out Tyler's team, and he's wearing all black, and then the police are also showing up at that same time, and they're wearing all black. So for like a, a minute or so into that whole like chase, I was like, well, he can't be working with the police because the police are working for the other drug lord. But he's trying to work for his drug lord and get the kid back. It just took me a minute to sort it out because I, I had a hesitancy about I thought they were trying to make it seem like the police and this guy were working on the same team until he started shooting some of those cops. I thought there were more than just him that okay. were killing his team. Okay. But apparently it was just him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and I think that for me is kind of the only really confusing part about the movie. It just... And it, it kind of corrected itself for me in a couple of minutes. Like I said, as soon as the the spec ops guy starts shooting cops, I, I was then aware of what was happening. But it just got a little jumbled there for a minute with the cops all showing up at the same time and him doing that and a whole team being killed by just one guy. So it, it And if you don't catch a couple of the little comments or pictures, you kind of wonder why this guy can do what he does. Um, like they pan through his house and he's got the picture of him in a military outfit. So you kind of have that background that he's, somewhat good and then i forget where they throw in the spec ops at it comes in somewhere yeah i don't really remember his his background oh it's just a couple of little throwaway things like and then they're they're like okay hand you know wiping their hands all right that's enough we we said he's spec ops and there's a military picture that's how he can keep up with tyler rake yeah i think uh crease was next to him <laughs> uh what did you think about the back-to-back getting hit with cars <laughs> I liked it actually. Okay, <laughs> I did, and I was like, and he hit him back with a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that so, was definitely so I was interesting. Like, oh, the Thor just got drove the car, and I was like, and he hit the guy who hit him with the car. I, yeah. I liked it. I liked it. 
Yeah. Um, I will say there was some really interesting camera work done. Did you catch that in all the action scenes? Uh, I, I enjoyed most of the action scenes, but to what you're asking, I'm not sure. Okay. Cause like there were attempts to like in the car chase, for example, the camera moves in and out of the car a lot. Like it'll be behind Chris Hemsworth who's driving and then it'll go like out through the front windshield and look at that way. And then it'll come back in the car and then go out the back windshield. Um, it was like, it was trying to create like a seamless thing. There was other times I noticed it where like they, they just move the camera in some interesting ways. Uh, one of them I know was when he throws the boy from one roof to the other and then jumps from one roof to the other, the camera like actually follows them. So there's a lot of things that I like, it stood out to me and sometimes in a good way and sometimes in a not so good way. Cause sometimes I found it distracting. So I was like, okay, you're trying to make this look seamless and you kind of did, but I also noticed it. Uh, so I, I don't know. There was times where I was like, this works for me. And there was times where I was like, it's not that it doesn't work for me. It's just, I know what you're trying to do and it feels a little forced, but okay. I'm okay with the creativity here. I didn't notice anything egregious that I was like, what? Like, why would they do that? Okay. And so to me, it seemed to flow. Okay. Yeah. I'd be interested, um, to have you watch some of those action scenes again, not the whole movie again, but just some of those scenes and just like look for the camera stuff because, Again, I agree with you. I don't think it's distracting. I think they were trying something new, but it, it definitely was different than how you would see other movies done. Like even going back to like the Raid 2, which has a car chase that's filmed in a, I would say filmed very, very well, but not in a creative way like this one. So I, it's just something that jumped out to me, which again, a little bit more, I guess, high quality than what I would expect for a Netflix movie. Yeah, no, it's definitely had the budget. Yeah, they put their time into this one. Yeah. And again, it was all about those action scenes. So I think they were like, look, we need to do something to stand out. We need to make sure this is choreographed well. We need to make it a little violent so people squirm a little bit. Um, because the rest of this, I mean, you're you're only here to service the action is what the rest of the movie is. How do you feel about Hopper's turn? I mean, it, it felt uh, predictable. Yeah, I mean, I guess he, I don't know, I guess maybe it feels like, hey, we got you signed to Netflix because of Stranger Things. You want to come over here and help us out on this this movie? Okay, sure. And his character was, you know, could have been anybody. Didn't need to be David Harbour. Could have been literally anybody. But I feel like it had to be that way to keep the, the momentum kind of rolling. If he had stayed good, I felt like it would have just kind of, you know, I don't know, went nowhere. So you want to know my my thought after after seeing that I what? I like I like him and I thinking okay well here's another person that I could do our character swap out I was like no I think he did he's a perfect person one that can go toe to toe with Thor and be believable mm -hmm. um, but also uh, he looks like a retired military guy to mm -hmm. me I thought yeah. I thought he just fit and then he kept talking about his wife and I was like how would I do this to where it's not as cheesy as they made it in mm -hmm. the movie. And I would have liked it if his wife sold him out. Sure. And then he came back and was warning him and trying to get him out of there because his wife sold him out and maybe he got killed along the way. Like yeah. that's, that's how I would have, you know, she saw dollar signs and I was telling her about it and she called them type of yeah. thing. Cause they try to go the whole route of he's trying to help Tyler. 
uh, at least that's what he's saying. Um, right. And it just, but yeah. It's $10 million is what he's trying to get. <laughs> yeah. So it was fine. I mean, Harbor was fine. It was fine. But again, like, I, I'm not, I'm not in this for the plot anyways. So um, right. they really just won me over with the action. But you're right. I think that would have worked a little bit better than just doing what, what they did. But then you don't get a, a Thor versus Hellboy fight. No. Which I feel like was probably one of the weaker action moments of the movie, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I know it's I know it's all hand to hand, but even when he fought the Spec Ops guy hand to hand, it was uh it was better than this. I mean I wanted to see them fight, so that was okay. Yeah, I, definitely. I mean I, I was glad it happened. I just I feel like it could have been done a little bit better in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you run out of things to say? <laughs> yeah, I actually think I am. There, there's not a lot to dive into with uh, Extraction. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that it's you get what you see in the trailer. Yeah, unless we could talk about it, walk, like have everybody watch a particular scene as we walk through each each punch and shot and whatnot. I think uh, I think we're done. Yep, I agree. Let's get to our questions. I am Thor. Son of Odin, as long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? So what'd you rate it in the end? In the end, I am between a three and a three and a half. Um, it probably, had I seen it in theaters, probably would have been up to a three and a half. I just feel like... Uh, my mood on the couch brought it down. So I mm-hmm. think I'm I'm going in for a three. Okay. And I'm right there with you. I think uh, three to three and a half is fine. Um, I definitely don't think it's two and a half. It's above average. Uh, I agree. And I would honestly, I would even say above average if I took away my Netflix expectations. Because I think even if this had been in theater, I would have gone into one. Okay, Chris Hemsworth action movie. I mean, uh, fine. And, and I think I would have landed in the same spot. Um, I know my wife didn't care for it as much as I did, but and it's not because she doesn't like action movies because she does. I think she just the um got how generic it was. I think kind of just turned her off, and that just left all the action parts, which she's not an action junkie like I am. Um, but really, I, I don't I don't think this movie should get lower than a two and a half by pretty much anyone, unless you just hate action movies. But if you know what it is going into it, you're gonna at least have a good time with the action scenes for sure. Yeah, I think it. I think it's no lower than a three. Agreed, because it, it was it was well done throughout. Yeah, yeah, and there and there's no egregious things. I think. No, I will say that there there wasn't ever a an eye roll moment or a oh god this looks like crap. I, mean, I think the worst looking effects were maybe an overhead shot with some CGI smoke where I was like oh, okay that's CGI smoke. But I mean if that's all we're getting that's bad in, in a movie like this, then you've done something good. So what was your favorite part? Uh, you know, I have to go with that opening fight when he takes down the room full of kidnappers because that, like, the opening one that we talked about where the movie opens, you don't really get enough of a feel for how this is all going to play out. It's enough action to be like, okay, we're going to get some stuff here. But that first fight that he does in the in the kidnapper room was the real moment where they had to prove themselves. Like, are we going shaky cam? Are we going to do a lot of choppy edits? Like, how is this going to play out? And the fact that... It did do a little bit of weird shaking and maybe had some questionable edits, but I felt like it was enough there for me to be like, okay, 
the when this movie does have action scenes, I think I'm going going to enjoy it. Uh, they leaned into the violence. You know, he has a good rake kill. Um, you know, he's doing some clever things here and there. He's double tapping people. So um, I don't know. I think it's my favorite moment because it, it, it set the bar for the rest of the movie. So it kind of got me excited for the rest of the movie. I do have, I, I do have a, uh, what do we call those? A 1B? Uh, yeah, I do have a 1B, but I want to let you go first because I don't want to ruin it in case it's yours. So why don't you go ahead and say yours? I loved it when you fought the kids. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my close second. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought that was great. It, not only uh, was the fight cool, but Hemsworth looks bored. Like, yeah. really? I'm being attacked by these kids and just dismay. Not, and not only just uh, the way that he's fighting them, like he, like he's hurting them. Like mm-hmm. he's not just kind of pushing them down or whatever. He's actually he's swinging one, and slamming against the van, uh, yeah. but he's still like, "Come on, kids!" You know. Yeah. At the same time, and so I just love. Did you ever wonder if fight. at some point in the movie he was going to end up killing a kid? Because like, there's like three different kids that are coming after him in this movie, and it's like, okay, at some point, you know, somebody's going to go down. Yeah. Uh, he, what it was about five kids that he fought at the same time. <laughs> I, that's what I had written down. I had Hemsworth versus five teens. Yeah. yeah. Well, some weren't even teens, I don't think. No. But yeah. it always reminds me of that argument, like how many, you know, five-year-olds can a adult male take? And then I just laughed at this because, like, how many teens can Hemsworth take? Yeah. I think it was fifth graders, not five-year-olds, but. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, I loved that scene. Yeah, uh, that was good. And, and, again, his his face during it is like, come on. Oh, like, yeah. Like, kids. Really, I'm a trained special forces, you know, and you're coming at me, and you're 12. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. That was, uh, I mean, it's filmed really well, it's executed well, but then like the the underlying hilarity, which they don't really address, but the, like it's palpable, you know, just from watching it, is is good too. Yeah, it didn't it didn't go super cheesy, and I did like he just slapped the last one, yeah, you know, and, and knocked him out. I just that's that's <laughs> the best part of the movie. You know, speaking of kids, I. And this isn't on the rest of my list, but I, I didn't like. So there's like some heavy foreshadowing in this. Like, so the kid that gets the last shot on him, I didn't really a scar like, in his face. Yeah, I didn't really like that because like it would have worked better for me had the drug lord somehow been involved. But like, I get what you're trying to do from a movie standpoint. But like, what are the odds that the kid would be on the bridge in that massive firefight? Uh, and then get the last shot. Like it, it felt like it needed to be a little bit more orchestrated for that to kind of play out than just happenstance that he gets the last shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I I agree. I thought that was dumb. The, yeah, there was a couple things like that. And then another one was like when Hemsworth jumps off the cliff in the beginning and sits underwater, but then the boy does it in the pool at the end. It's like, okay, I, I get what you're doing, like the symbology of it, but <laughs> like story-wise it makes no sense to me. Yeah, that kid never saw him do it. Yeah, exactly. He never and talked that, about, oh, sometimes I sit on the bottom of a lake <laughs> yeah. to clear my head. Right. Oh, I'll try that sometime. Thanks. Right, exactly. And th- I will say that is when I got, like, ma- I mean, the whole movie had Man on Fire vibes, but that when he was, like, walking by the pool and stuff, I'm like, okay, like, the pool and everything, that was You're really right. Man on Fire. Yes. Okay. Uh, what's one thing you would change? The opening scene. Delete okay. it. Delete it, because I don't want to see him you know, get shot, which looks mortal at that yeah. point. And I just want to end up there thinking that he's just going to save it and be fine. And there's a sequel, you know, 
mm-hmm. then when he potentially dies, you're like, oh, well, that changes things. But I already sure. know he's got the crap kicked out of him there on the bridge. And, I, yeah. and even the, the two days earlier, I'm like, well, that's got to happen in two days. You know, so mm-hmm. just shorten my expectations. Okay, well, this has got to hurry up here. Things got to move fast. Uh, it just, it kind of ruins my my frame of what all is going to happen. Because you just want to yeah. get to that point and you don't know how much of the movie is after that bridge. Yep. Agreed. Um, no. I, I So same scene for me, but different point in the movie. I just felt like the way they had him die was kind of lame. Meaning, um, I know he gets shot and stuff, but like when he makes his big heroic turn to just charge the bad guys, it felt stupid to me because his whole team is there and the helicopter's arriving. It doesn't feel like he needed to go charging into that situation. No, it didn't. So when he did it, I was like, okay, again, I get it. The the hero is going to go, you know, the guy who's been flirting with death, who's almost embracing death, is going to go save the kid. But, dude, you got like four or five more people, including the lady back there, helping you. The chopper's just arriving. Like, give it a second, and you guys are all going to be okay. But he just charges in. So I just felt like it was one of those where, you know, have him do that before the team arrives somehow. So, like... You know, it could be one of those things like the mist where, you know, it goes real south and then the team shows up. You're like, oh, if you just waited a few more minutes, he would have been fine. But um, I just felt like it was forced. Uh, didn't really like that. Gotcha. But you're at the end of the movie. I'm in the beginning. But yes, sure, but, both on the but, bridge. It, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like same yeah. scene, but different times in the movie. Yeah. So character swap. Who are you? What are you doing here? Well... I I'm going against the grain, and I am just saying Uh-oh. I'm not I'm not changing anything. I don't have. Oh one. come on, uh, nothing. It, well, no, because I liked Hemsworth. I actually thought he was really really well cast in this movie, and it works for him. The only other person I think you could even remotely switch out to have any kind of impact, like would be Harbor. And, and why? I mean, he's not even in the movie that much. He's the only other actor you know in the movie. Um, I like that it was cast. Uh, are set in India, like you said, and used a lot of Indian actors, and I, none of them have significant enough roles to to bother changing. So I just felt like there was nothing there. If I'm not going to replace Harbor or Hemsworth, then what am I doing? So I don't really have anything. That's no, weak. Yeah. I dislike that. Greatly. Well, you're going to force something here, so let's see what you're forcing. No, so I did not enjoy the second drug dealer at all. Uh I didn't think he was intimidating. I hated all his lines. I, I didn't like the way he was, you know, talking with the kid. Like, he didn't seem scary at all, and he was supposed to be scary. He's yeah. just a skinny, weird, weird guy. You know what he kind of reminded me of now that I think about it? Um, a toned-down version of this, but Ewan McGregor's Black Mask. Like, it was supposed to be more of, like, an eccentric bad guy. But was he? No, no, he wasn't, but I, I get the feeling that, like, that's, like, he's definitely not the brutal kind of guy that intimidated, like, I don't know why I got that vibe. Maybe it's because, like, the gaudy chairs and stuff like that, but somebody who's, like, I, I agree with you. They didn't play the, the villain guy right. So. But it's like, they were trying to get brutal with him. Hey, you cut off your own finger. Yes. You know, and so you're like, oh, okay, this is why this guy's bad. Um, so I didn't like that. And so what I did was the sniper, the old guy. Mm-hmm. I swapped him and uh, the head drug lord. I mean, sure, whatever. It's not like the cop sniper guy gave you any kind of inkling as to what he would be. He had like two lines and shot a gun or something like that. Yeah, but the, the look of, of both, I, I 
switch them around because the guy that the drug lord that was in jail was older and i actually liked him because he was still trying to play his i'll kill all your family and i believed him you know mm-hmm. and so i was like okay i don't want to move him from that because that was needed um because that guy really thought that his family was going to die if he didn't mm-hmm. you know try to try to save his son and so i liked him and i wanted somebody to parallel him on the other side and the guy that we got i didn't feel like it was a very good match so i thought the uh, the old the old sniper guy was a better fit and we could and then this guy could have been the sniper so that's what i did i swapped those two okay i mean it's fine i don't think it's changing the movie one millimeter greatly greatly no, i don't think it's changing it at all it's to be four honest. and a half with that switch <laughs> sure um okay so what award are you giving this movie well i gave it a almost a great movie award what yep <laughs> is that is that an award it is okay it is it's close just a, a few tweaks and i think uh, this could have been a great movie hmm that seems uh that seems like less of an award and more of what your rating is well that's i think i think by three three and a half you're implying that it's an almost great movie I'm not sure that no. that's an award. No, because some, some are three, three and a half, and they got no chance to get there. This, I think they're just a few few changes away from getting to a great movie. Opening scene included. Okay. Um, I went with something a little bit more concrete or tangible. I said <laughs> it's the uh, most surprising Netflix original movie I've seen. So out of all the things I've watched that's a Netflix original movie, um, this one surprised me the most. It doesn't mean it's the best one I've seen. doesn't mean that, uh, you know, it's great. How, hold on. It just, it just means surprise it's tangible. Sure. I mean, okay. level of surprise. Well, then I can say like bird box or yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. If you take my expectations and, uh, the shift between that and what it ended up being, I think I've been the most surprised by this movie. Um, like the night comes for us. I really enjoyed that, but I had high expectations given the cast and everything that was involved in that. Uh, the night comes for us. Yeah. That was with a, a couple of the guys from the raid and it was overly bloody, uh, martial arts kind of thing. Um, but I had decent expectations for that. Um, you know, thinking back to some of the other movies, like you mentioned bird box, uh, even, um, frontier. triple frontier. Yeah. I had some decent expectations for that and it didn't live up to that. Uh, Six Underground, I had expectations for that, and it was right around what my expectations were. Um, So this is the first time that I feel like I've gone into a Netflix movie and been like, all right, well, let's let's give it a little bit of a shot. And they're like, oh, okay, that that was surprisingly well done for Netflix. Hmm, I was more surprised with Six Underground, how good that was. Oh, yeah, we did not see eye to eye on that one. Interesting. (laughs) Um, Okay, so if you liked this movie, you would also like... I could... I. I hate doing this because I feel like it's uh, one of the best of all time. So you're not really, of course, it's going to be better. Uh, but it's so parallel to this. It's Man on Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, mentioned it before. But you have your your drunken guy who's given up on life. Mercenary slash bodyguard falls in love with the kid. You know, a kid gets kidnapped and risking their life to, to bring it back. Like, it's it parallels so like throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. that uh um it's hard to get away out of my mind out of that sure and i i don't disagree 
at all. I think there's even some stylistic stuff like uh, Man on Fire is shot in a weird um, color burned kind of tint, I think. <laughs> it's like that picture you showed me a while back of like what Mexico really looks like and then how it looks like in film. And it's always like that yellowish you know, filter, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but Man on Fire did that. And then this movie kind of does that with India too. Like everything's is like yellowish dusty tint or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's no denying that it is very, very similar to Man on Fire. So what did you go with? Um, well, I had Man on Fire listed, figured you'd go that way. And I, I also jotted down a few others. So obviously the John Wick comparisons, I think for me are there with that, the way the action's filmed a little bit light on plot. It's not one I would say is really on the nose though. Um, I tried to go a little bit out of my comfort zone on a couple others that I had written down. Um, the professional, not overly similar in a way, but you know, professional hitman befriends a kid, um, mm. does stuff to help the kid. Not exactly on the nose, but it's there, uh, which also made me think of Mandalorian in a way where you've got a bounty hunter who befriends a kid and, you know, hijinks ensue. Um, <laughs> But I actually went with a movie that you probably haven't seen. It's a Korean movie back from 2010, I think. It's called The Man from Nowhere. But it's essentially the same kind of thing. A uh, guy who used to be involved in a crime syndicate, I think, as a, I don't know if he was an assassin or what. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie. But, uh, you know, befriends a kid. And then you have to go end up fighting on behalf of the kid. Um, again, kind of man on fire kind of extraction, but it's got some really great action scenes. Uh, not a lot of people have seen it. Um, so if I can give you an opportunity to branch out into some other types of films, um, then I would go with the man from nowhere. What about Rambo two? Rambo two? First blood part two. Uh, I th- think, well, a couple of things would jump out to me. The difference in action is just, vast right like this is very visceral hand-to-hand close quarters violent and rambo 2 is very very you know shoot him up um and then i think it's missing the the component of like the merc and the kid it's more of the uh the guy he's saving yeah i think it's uh, so i don't think that fits very well i think I think you have to pick something where it's got. He's like extracting that. him. Yes, he is, but I think you need that extra layer and of betrayed like... and betrayed by the people who hired him. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some parallels, but I think you really got to hammer home, which is why I don't think John Wick work, works better very than well. the professional. Well, I mean, the professional. I was leaning or the very... Mandalorian. Well, yeah, but I'm leaning very heavily on that concept of. Uh, somebody that's a paid merc or assassin befriends a kid. I mean, that's the the theme, the only theme that is really working in all of Extraction. And that theme is there in Mandalorian and Professional. Now, there are differences in the way that they are made, executed, shot, all that kind of stuff. But if that's what draws your attention to this, like less the action, more like, oh, it's kind of cool that the big bad merc guy, you know, befriended a kid, then then check out some of those movies. But I think- I don't think it. anybody's looking for that. Uh, I don't know. I'm searching you, for movies where mercenaries befriend a kid. Well, I think like, that is that, <laughs> that, no, is that no, what I, people I, search criteria? No, like, no, no. Like they don't want action movie. <laughs> I think there that might add a uh, sense of depth or dynam dynamics to 
an otherwise generic action movie, right? Like anybody can go see anybody just tear through a bunch of bad guys, but they might enjoy that aspect of this movie where it's the big bad guy, not bad guy, but like big badass guy, you know, showing his soft spot and having to protect somebody as he goes through this shitty situation. So I think that there's people who might go into this expecting a generic action movie and like that element of it. So I'm trying to find other movies that, that tag on to that type of element. So, um, more broadly speaking, as a whole movie, sure, Man on Fire and The Man from Nowhere are better. But what I'm saying is if you if you were really drawn in the story by that one aspect of it, then there's other movies that kind of follow that aspect, which is where I got to like Mandalorian and The Professional. I feel like that's a very strange search criteria. Yeah, and I don't think anybody's searching for that criteria. I think it's more of, hey, I really liked that piece of this movie. That I thought they did that kind of cool. I like that story. We'll hear some other movies that have that kind of story as Logan. well. Yeah, sure, exactly. I think that would be a good one, too. I'm just trying to think of kids in movies. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty. Cause <laughs> Terminator 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think that one's less, but you know what I'm saying. It's usually trying to rescue a kid or protect a kid. I don't know. There's a lot of yeah. movies out there that do that. Why isn't Terminator 2 fit? Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't give me the same kind of vibe, but, I mean, you could make a case for it that because the machine can't cry <laughs> maybe he knows he knows why they cry it's just something he can never do exactly <laughs> okay well i think that's it on extraction uh thank you everybody for listening carson where can they find you on twitter at carson graff g-r-a-f-f you can find me at at two views garrett g-a-r-r-e-t-t you can find the show on twitter facebook instagram at at two views movies or email us at two views movies at gmail.com don't forget to subscribe to the show via apple google spotify basically everywhere you listen we are there and if you're on apple be sure to leave a review and let everybody know that you are a fan of the show we will be back next week with uh something (laughs) something a surprise (laughs) uh but yeah be ready for next week we'll figure it out between now and then and we will catch you next time What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both!